Do our words and thoughts have a direct impact on our bodies and our health? Hey folks, I'm Annette of AnnetteLeonard.com, back with Chronic Wellness. Thanks for joining me. Um, so once again, I'm going to date myself <laughs> by telling you that I can remember really looking forward to a small indie film that I went to see back in the early 2000s. I don't remember, like 2004, maybe as late as 2006, called What the Bleep Do We Know? Honestly, that was the title, What the Bleep Do We Know? And it was this uh, mixture of fiction and documentary where they took a fictionalized story of a woman played by Marley Matlin, the deaf actress, who was kind of having a midlife slash spiritual crisis. And they were interspersing her story, that story arc, with documentary footage as well as educational information about quantum mechanics and how string theory <laughs> and different principles of quantum mechanics impact our daily lives and can make a difference in the way we think, the way we behave, the way the world around us intersects with us. You know, the fact that we are permeable, that there's more space between atoms than there is matter in atoms, those kinds of principles. And it was in that movie that I learned about a Japanese scientist called uh, Matsuru Emoto. And he started uh, documenting the effects of various things on water. Okay, so just taking you on a little journey about this movie to take you to the scientist who did research about the effects of our thoughts and words and music and actions on water. Now, I want you to remember that more than 70% of our bodies, as well as more than 70% of the Earth's surface, are made up of water. So what happens to water happens to us. All right, so that's the link here. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Emoto used special technology, meaning flash freezing and dark field cameras and microscopes to document the crystalline structure of water droplets. And he had this idea to sort of see, does all water in all conditions at all times make the same crystal? And new, it makes very different crystal structures and that crystal structure has the capacity to change and vary widely even when you're looking at the same drop of water. What do we mean by that? All right, so he took a drop of just garden variety from your grocery store distilled water and he put a drop on a slide and he took its picture and it looked just sort of like an eight-sided crystal. And then he took that same drop of water 
and he had loving meditation said to it and he put it back under the microscope and all of a sudden it had grown all of these delicate beautiful protrusions and it no longer looked just like that very simple eight-sided crystal all right so that's example one example two he took water from a very polluted water source in a japanese stream and all i can say is that the droplet under magnification looked chaotic it looked sort of like almost um, a paint splatter if you if you were to splatter paint just disorganized and not even recognizable as a crystal that same slide that same water again had a zen master say some prayers to it uh, do a meditation for it then went back and took its picture again same thing stunningly beautiful like imagine here what you think of as snowflakes except instead of just being two-dimensional they're also popping out in three dimensions so these intricately latticed and laced crystalline structures but remember we're not starting with a perfect and beautiful crystalline structure to begin with we were starting with this really ugly polluted splattery chaotic one all right but then the opposite is true too so we can take water that starts as beautiful and say hateful mean ugly things expose it to people fighting and it will turn back into that splat chaotic disjointed no longer recognizable as a crystal structure what and he did a number he's done he's done hundreds of these experiments and they've been replicated by other scientists not just by him where uh taking a bottle of water and taping on the outside a phrase like i love you or thank you or you're beautiful and again pictures of those waters 24 hour later bearing out stunning intricate fabric of the universe intricacies and uh, crystals that that I couldn't have made up or tried to draw or have pictured before seeing the pictures and similarly I hate you I want to kill you you're awful you're ugly taped on water bottles left for 24 hours and again that completely unstructured messy disorganized kind of pattern shows up under the microscope you know where i'm going here it's not rocket science <laughs> rocket science our bodies our bodies are 70 percent water what messages are we bathing our water in? Are we giving our bodies an opportunity to cultivate the greatest capacity for healing, 
their greatest capacity for their highest organization, their greatest ability to knit back together and heal and form strong structures. You know, I think about the fact that we have this research as it relates to water, but maybe we just haven't yet hit upon the research that would also relate to muscle fibers or bone or fascia or all the other tissues in our body. That's, that's just not a t chance that, um, that seems worth taking, right? And yet, living with isolation, living with pain, living with illness, living in this culture, I think it's so easy to get stuck in ruts of negative self-talk or negative self-belief. I think comparison makes it so easy to think about the ways that I'm coming up short, whether it's around my skin or my hair or my body or you name it. I mean, there's how much money I have, what clothes I'm wearing, any opportunity to compare myself and see myself as less can be a way that I am subtly or not so subtly being unkind to myself. And I think it bears repeating uh, that when His Holiness the Dalai Lama of Tibet came for the first time to the United States, so this must have been 30 or 40 years ago, and he met with a small group of thought leaders down in Southern California the story is told that Sharon Salzberg um, was among those numbers, and she asked His Holiness, what are your teachings on self-hatred? What would you say to, to those who are struggling with self-hatred? And not only did he not have an answer, he didn't understand the question. He turned to his interpreter and conferred and he turned to a few others in his delegation and conferred. And then he stopped the meeting altogether to try and have just a small meeting to understand what it was that she just said. Because in Tibetan, not only was there no word for self-hatred, that was a foreign concept. That was an unknown that was an unknown concept. It's so stunning, one can hardly wrap their head around it. Because of course, capitalism thrives on self-hatred. That's the thing that propels it. Because if you don't hate yourself just a little bit, you won't need to keep trying to fill that hole inside of you with some other thing out there. <laughs> and so I've gotten a little off course here, but, but not a lot, which is to say, when I think of that, it breaks my heart and it makes me think it's time to get out my masking tape and a pen or my label maker, because I'm just a little bit anal retentive, and write on my water glass, or 
my water bottles. Uh, I have a, a fizzy soda stream maker in my house, so I could put on the outside of each of those water bottles some beautiful message to myself. I am loving awareness. You are perfect the way you are. Any message that when you hear it, you think, this is the medicine. That's how you'll know it's the right thing. And if you're not sure what the medicine is, then start with I love you. Because all of us, all of us, all of us can't hear that message too much. And I urge you, if you have not seen his work, to look up Matsu Emoto, Matsuru Emoto, and his name is spelled in the notes below, or to look up his book, The Hidden Messages of Water. There's tons of YouTube videos about this. So if you're curious, just do a little digging for yourself. And I urge you to think about the fact that I do believe that the messages that we take in, the sounds that we listen to, and the words that we tell ourselves, both verbally and internally, can make a big difference in how we feel and the repair that our body has access to. Tell me what you think about that. And uh, I want to remind you too that I am continuing my series of chronic wellness conversations over on Instagram. If you have missed the live versions, they are saved in my reels. So check those out. I'd love it if you would like or subscribe, give me a rating, whatever platform you are watching or listening to this. And if you have a suggestion for someone uh, who you'd like for me to interview, or if you'd like me to interview you, uh, reach out. You can do it here or on any of the socials or at AnnetteLeonard.com. As ever, I'm so grateful to share a little time together. And until we're together again, thank you and be well.